Jim Minns, Communications Officer with the PSA. On the podcast this week... Well, today the New South Wales Government uh, welcomes uh, the decision of the Industrial Relations Commission um, in respect of the public sector wages matter uh, that has been heard before them. Uh, This is a decision that the New South Wales Government uh, did not come to lightly and I presume this was a decision that the Independent Industrial Relations Commission uh, did not come to lightly as well. Uh, But it is the right decision uh, for a difficult time. As the New South Wales Government shows hubris over the decision of the Industrial Relations Commission to only award a 0.3% pay rise to public sector workers, the PSA responds to the disappointing outcome. On Thursday the 1st of October, the Industrial Relations Commission of New South Wales handed down a diabolical decision toward an increase of 0.3% to all PSA members and other frontline workers. Here is PSA General Secretary Stuart Little in a video message to members recorded on Thursday, October 8th. In it, he outlines the hypocrisy displayed in certain budgetary decisions made by the government in the lead-up to the wages case. In March of this year, the Premier signed off on an $87,000 pay rise for the Police Commissioner, Mick Fuller. That's an astonishing $1,674 per week pay rise. This followed a $66,000 pay rise for Simon Draper from Infrastructure New South Wales and pay increases so that all departmental secretaries now receive a minimum salary of $599,000 per year. The average public sector worker earns around $89,000 a year. So the decision handed down last Thursday will deliver them an average weekly pay rise of $5.13 before tax. Pivotal to the PSA's submission for the 2.5% increase was Industrial Officer Dylan Smith. The PSA feels that the decision was disrespectful to the people who have been protecting the state, both through the fires and through the the pandemic. Um, And we've got to have a look at that and and see what you think and what you feel is the most important part going forward. The PSA is concerned on a number of areas. Firstly, um, about the decision itself, um, representing effectively a wage freeze for public service uh, members. Um, We're concerned that at a time when all levels of government are talking about stimulus, um, that the New South Wales public service, which is not only the largest employer in the state, but the largest employer in the country, um, and some suggest the Southern Hemisphere, will not be actually providing any stimulus to the economy of New South Wales or Australia at all. We've got to look at whether this is going to affect us going forward. The IRC has now set a precedence around the wages policy, um, which means that Members out there can't be assured of getting 2.5% next year. If this um, pandemic and this recession continue into the new financial year, um, what will the government do next year? These are all considerations. Mm. And there's no area of the public service that is exempt. Um, These salaries awards related specifically to uh, only certain areas of our membership, Um, So people in schools who won that great pay equity decision not long ago, well, the government's policy 
it's quite clear in saying that, that they want to roll this out to all areas of the government. So the next time that schools are negotiating their award, we've got to expect that the government will take them to the commission and be seeking a similar decision, 0% for those guys. So this group of historical workers, underpaid workers, um, are going to have their equity taken away from them through this decision. Here is the PSA's legal counsel and manager of legal services, Alison McRobert, with her take. Alison McRobert, thanks for joining us today. Um, obviously, the decision last week was extremely disappointing for you and your team. Well, it, it, it did feel... We were disappointed because having sat through the entire um, nine days and being involved in, the, in these applications um, since March, that during the proceedings... Um, the respondent had not put on sufficient evidence to show where they would divert those funds if they weren't paying them to public servants. Right. So they would put on very broad and general evidence saying it was going to cost them $3 billion right. without any further costings at all. Mm -hmm. And when we tried to summons the material... Um, they basically fought tooth and nail not to provide those documents yep. and they claimed cabinet in confidence. Mm -hmm. um, and the um, commission, a member of the commission at one point commented during the proceedings that she was not particularly satisfied mm -hmm. with the lack of evidence about that and the fact there'd only been a reference to the $3 billion without any further material. Yep. And further, essentially the Crown um, was not running an argument that they had incapacity to pay. They were running an argument that um, essentially they wanted to divert that money into what they call shovel-ready projects. Mm. And again, they didn't put on any actual evidence to support where that money was going to Whether go. there was any And again, projects. there was... The Commission invite, actually invited them at a directions hearing halfway through the proceedings to put further evidence on about that, and they didn't actually have, um, other than essentially an affidavit to say a list, these are the things we're going to do, sure. for example, a swimming pool in Orange. Sure. Um, they didn't have actual evidence to support that, and it was it was on a fairly cursory look at what they put forward. In fact, we were Googling mm. as they were doing that, mm. It could show that that project, for example, the sports ground in Orange, or just for an example, yes. had already commenced. The funding was from a different funding source, mm. and so um, that was that actually yeah, that was actually I think on the last day from memory. Right. So we weren't actually given that opportunity, mm. and they had been invited to put on further evidence, and they hadn't. So I guess what how I would how I would characterise it is disappointing for the public servants of New South Wales. Yeah. Um, because um, the clear fact is that a pay rise would have been seen as a and as an acknowledgement of all their hard work. Yeah. So we are looking at um, an industrial campaign, and we're also looking at the possibility that there might be a basis for an appeal. I'm standing in front of the brand new state-of-the-art Ministry of Health building at St Leonard's. It's here that our members who work as contact tracers, alongside members of the HSU and the Nurses Union, these essential workers have stopped the COVID-19 pandemic from overwhelming our health system. 
The PSA and other public sector unions put forward clear and unequivocal evidence that New South Wales could afford a moderate pay rise. Our members certainly deserve one and the economy would benefit from the stimulus. Our members fought the fires during the worst bushfire season imaginable for the state of New South Wales. They also worked hard to keep the coronavirus out of New South Wales prisons and saved lives as contact tracers in the Ministry of Health. New South Wales public servants deserve a 2.5% pay increase to keep up with the cost of living. And in summary, we will end this episode with the prophetic words of the New South Wales Treasurer Dominic Perrottet who last Thursday stated the following. I, I want to make sure we get back as quickly as possible to 2.5%. That is what we've achieved for the last nine years. I want a strong public service that is paid well because they're doing an amazing job in supporting the people of our great state. This is a weekly podcast and you can subscribe to the PSA CPSU podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jim Minns. Thanks again and you'll hear from us next week.